So the first segment that we do is wait. Oh, we got to say the name oh, of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> This is the Off Five Podcast. Welcome for for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for setting that dial as your preset and listening to us on your morning commute, (laughs) your way to job that you love. (laughs) Yeah, surprisingly, (laughs) even though you'd love to quit it and move to Costa Rica, don't worry, Costa Rica will still be there when you're sixty-five. Exactly. Thank you. That's what we say every day. Well, this is the podcast where we talk about The Office to friends. Yeah, I hope you know that by now. Yeah, if you don't, you'll never, ever, ever know it. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I think I made that joke a long time ago. <laughs> okay. So this is season three, episode seven. It's called Branch Closing. And a lot of people don't know this, but it's the seventh episode of the third season. Nice. That's good trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came out November 9th, 2006. Okay. What's the first segment? The first segment that we do is called Wikipedia is the best thing ever. In this episode, the Scranton branch has varied reactions to news that their branch will close. Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute head to the CFO's house to convince him not to close it. I, <laughs> I added that. Okay. It just ended the, it. Convince him not to. When head of the Stamford branch, Josh Porter, announces he is quitting, the employees find that the company's plans have changed. Hmm. That might be one of the worst episode descriptions. Yeah. To end a sentence with um, a word like to, mm-hmm. like, which a pr- is a preposition, a, yep. not a good idea. You know when it became all popular to say, where are you at? Yeah. And then I was like, that's, or like, or somebody, but where are you at? And it's just like, you've already finished the sentence, but then you say at, but then I still say it because it's just, that just sounds normal. Now. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, where arst thou? <laughs> What is this now? Where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good idea. But Wikipedia is the best still. It's still pretty good. Okay, Great Scott, Productions and Trivia. This is written by co-executive producer Michael Schur and directed by Tucker Gates. So, did you notice anything about this episode? In particular? Production-wise, that makes it different than a lot of other episodes? Well, a lot of the characters get um, screen time. I mean, yeah. almost all of them do. yeah. You know why that is? Why? Because this is a very long episode. It's 30 minutes. It's over 30 super minutes. Supersized. Yeah. I think it's 30 minutes. But normally they're like 22. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's and, like one third more. Mm-hmm. Because an edited version of the episode came out originally, and then they put a producer's cut online, but had all the deleted scenes in it, which is why there are no deleted scenes for this episode. Oh, Okay. And I wish they could do that for every episode, honestly. Yeah. Although for some of them, it would be weird. Yeah. Some of the deleted scenes, it's evident why they were deleted. Yeah. So this one, it says the uncut episode is the version included on the season three DVD set, which is what we watched. But the version on Netflix is also 30 minutes. So same thing. But producers cut. Vivi Ziegler, the executive vice president, NBC Digital Entertainment and New Media, explained that, quote, this is a first of its kind, a real bonus for fans of The Office. It's also a natural for this show, which has continually pushed the envelope in the digital landscape. Wow. You can tell what side of the bread her butter goes. 
Two. <laughs> Two. At. <laughs> We're seeing an incredible audience reaction to the evolving digital. Okay, whatever. That's just her. Like, okay, so my job's saying, important, and you gotta listen to my job because of digital. Because, basically, like the internet made it possible for them to do a longer version than it would have been on live TV. Yeah, but Kate Flannery. Meredith Palmer said of the producer's cut, isn't that cool? I think the Office fans are really going to dig it. I love the Stanford characters. Everyone is so much fun to work with. Oh, that's the end of the quote. This version contains new storylines and other minor additions and changes, including Meredith remembering an agreement to have sex with a co-worker on the final day of employment, Creed selling electronics and furniture from the office, Andy having a plan in case he gets laid off, and Ryan admitting that Kelly has a strange power over him. I think those are really important storylines i don't know if i ever saw this on tv but this would be a lot weaker without all that stuff going on if it were just streamlined yeah and i mean it doesn't seem like you could take those things out very easily because they're so integral to the rest of the plots i do think that you could take them out but like you said i would be cool if they left it in for the other ones or if they had that extra stuff it'd be like well there's something going on in the office we have this plot we have to get to and then just have like six or seven minutes of like subplots of other characters doing something yeah i know i guess that could be extraneous in some episodes this is a big momentous episode yeah and there there's three different locations where they're shooting too so that's right that makes a big difference in terms of how much content there is too and let's talk about that in our section about the documentary we got to make sure youtube comes down to film this because that's true there are three different locations in this one yeah a lot of cameras right at least two in each location would you say yeah. One thing that I noticed from the documentary type thing is when Jim is talking to the camera, you can actually see the background of the Stanford branch where he sits and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was kind of cool. You mean when he's doing just like the interviews to the side? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you can see it through the blinds. Yeah. Uh, kind of like how you can in the Scranton branch. And I think, I couldn't tell for sure. It kind of seemed like it was like a still image though, like... There was somebody in the shot that wasn't moving at all. Oh, because in one shot, I did notice someone walking across the screen. Oh, okay. Cool. But maybe they're just. Maybe they just like reused that. Yeah. Like, okay. They were just bored before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And the other one, in the opening scene, there's a part where Dwight is going to do something and he's running across the office going to swat that coffee. And the cameraman is on the other side of the office running parallel to Dwight, but like booking it just as fast as he is like a oh that's interesting you noticed that because i noticed a totally different thing about that scene oh what did you notice well were you done with the running well i it just you know you'd have to have like a whole other you know layout to be able to just run straight yeah and also sideways while you're filming it kind of like breaks you know the reality because like you could get that shot they did but, but you have to practice it. If Dwight was about to run over there, I don't think you could be like, oh, I got a free shot. I'm going to run right next to him at the same speed because I know right where he's running, you know? Yeah, and that, that makes they, sense. They did know where he was running, but I, I don't know. I still don't, you know, someone planned that out a little bit. Yeah, they definitely did. And that's what I noticed too, but in a different way because they were there waiting for a fax to come through. So the cameraman in Stanford was like, Maybe, I don't know, call them, hey, there's a fax about to come through. Like, go over to the fax machine. Because 
Dwight is grabbing it right off of the fax machine. Yeah. It's not like he notices it later, you know? That's a good point. Question, what do you think his other faxes were? Are they all action items like this? Or were they just like, how's it going? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, why don't you invest in blank, like some just current stock? Yeah. <laughs> so he think it's going to be like the next Google or eBay or something. And then but it's just something that Jim found in the paper. Insider this, trading from the future. Yeah, right. This is like one of my favorite pranks, I think, that Jim does. I put this under finer things. Well, I put this prank under three different categories. Oh, my gosh. We got crack open, a cold open. Yeah. Let's just talk about this prank, and then we'll go back to the documentary okay. stuff. So this is the one where, yeah, it starts with Jim talking about how he's been sending Dwight faxes from himself from the future because he's got Dwight's stationery. Wait, you know what? What? Jim grabbed Dwight's stationery, and he's sending him faxes from the future. Presumably, Dwight's stationery would say his business name and address and phone number on them, or one of those things. So Dwight oh should have been able God. to figure out the branch wasn't going to close because his future self keeps faxing him from this address. Wow. I ju- That light just went on for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's similar to what Ryan just got his business cards, you know? So it's like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he could have figured that out if you were a little bit better detective. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Thank you. Best observation of the off five so far, but weakest. not a good hand, hand high five <laughs> hand, at all. Hand five. Hand five. <laughs> all right. What else do you got for that cold open? This is a really good one. Yeah, it is. It's one of my favorite pranks just because there's so much that Jim could do with just one box of stationery. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I have. <laughs> faxes aren't cheap, though. Really? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I send faxes all the time. Now I'm worried. It's so funny is that he's telling Stanley, he says that the coffee is poisoned. You'll thank me later. Like, yeah. he would never know. Like, he remembered it. Some, how did he know it got poisoned? Someone died. There's all these paradoxes that come from any sort of time travel or communication thing <laughs> like that. But then also, when he sees Stanley about to drink the coffee, even though he's all the way across the room, he doesn't go, hey, Stanley, Stanley don't drink that. Yeah. He has to run and, and slap swap. it, which makes for a really funny moment because Stanley's face when the coffee's being yes. slapped out of his hand is... Yep. One of the funniest moments in the episode. His yeah, you'll thank me later. That face when he's yeah, he's like, that. what the heck? And it also made a very great stain on the carpet, probably. Yeah, probably of poison. That's oh, that's true. <laughs> Just burns right through. Like, <laughs> He'll wow. thank me later, like right now, because it's burning the carpet. Yeah, why would he thank him later? He couldn't. Have, he couldn't. <laughs> he would just be like. He would just be like, okay. So because that coffee was poisoned. Well, I don't know because I didn't drink it. What about the rest of the pot, Dwight? Yeah, I better go right to the source. So what do you think about Dwight falling for this? This is like maybe the most out there thing that Dwight has completely believed. So far. Because this is like yeah. sci-fi. Like I know. I feel like it's really easy for Dwight to believe like the time travel type of thing. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks of himself as so smart in that area that of course mm-hmm. he would be the one time traveling and sending himself faxes you don't even send faxes in the present barely like you're gonna be yeah. sending them from the future like the only people that send faxes are medical offices and also like you get 
a fax from your own stationery like right after gym leaves? Like, come on. <laughs> Where do you think that came from? Faxes are dumb as hell. It's like, but they're like, no, it's secure because it's a fax. Who could possibly? No one even has I the know. technology to receive these anymore. And you're like, I guess, but that's not really more secure than an email anymore. Because it's, it's a physical copy. Anyone could pick it up. Yeah, exactly. It just sits there. And they're like, oh, we got to cut that cover sheet. And oh my yeah. God. That, what a scam by the telephone company to yeah. be like, no, you got to have a cover sheet too, because otherwise, how are they going to know how many pages there are? <laughs> yeah, I know. So yeah, <laughs> you know how many cover sheets I have to fill out. Ugh. Like, where's this going to? Well, you know where it's going to because yeah. I'm about to send it there. Yeah, just write it on the top of the document All or right. email it. That was the end of our segment called "Angry Facts." <laughs> facts hate. <laughs> facts hate. <laughs> okay. Facts about facts. Back to yeah. our segment. We were in a segment within a segment about crack open, a cold open, but now let's go back to our segment about the documentary stuff, because I have a few other things for this one. I do too, but you go first. Okay. One is the juxtaposition of Michael during the interview going, well, there's nothing to do now but put on a brave face and keep working, and then it cuts right to him saying, we're screwed. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. That whole scene where he goes out into the office and his face all bunched up like he's about to cry (laughs) i just gotta go out there and put on a brave face (laughs) it's so funny that he they must have filmed that right before you know with him he thought he could hold it together yeah and then he can't obviously but great juxtaposition to put those back to back i mean just like i mean editing is always a great time to get extra jokes but i think this one is kind of documentary specific because it's coming from one of the interviews yeah that whole situation is made better because of the documentary style. Um, because you get to see in the meeting, and then mm. you get to see like his reaction. Have you ever seen Modern Family? Yeah. That's such a weird show because they take this element, this like of of, of the, the documentary. Yeah, but it's not a mockumentary. It's not fully. Yeah. It's just like the characters talk to the camera by themselves it's like a like it's taking it i mean kind of i think they're stealing it from like the office or like the british office but it's kind of like the real world or something but it's so stupid because there's no camera there like that's not part of the reality of modern family it's like they are breaking the third wall or the fourth wall i'm not third wall fourth wall. however many walls for no reason you know like there's no artistic value to it there's no um I think the value is for jokes like this, like editing yeah. type yeah. juxtaposition yeah. jokes. But there's no uh, diagenetic. Is that the word? You know, like it's not happening. It's not real in the reality of the show. Right. The camera is not. There, oh, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I know what you I mean. I can't remember the word. But, you know, like if music's playing in a movie, like it's either playing for the audience or it's playing in the world of the movie. Right. Something like that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah. We should look more into that for our next episode if we remind ourselves. Of Modern Family? No, just like the whole juxtaposition and like what other shows have been using that. But basically as a ripoff because like The Office goes pretty much all the way in terms of, you know, like they usually stick to reality unless you're paying really close attention. Or I mean, yeah. it sticks to the style. But when you have like something like Modern Family where they just take parts of it, yeah. it doesn't really make as much sense. I feel like Modern Family kind of is the popular version of like even more popular 
of The Office and Arrested Development. Yeah. They just like took some of those same elements yeah. and like crammed and like maybe I don't know. They they crammed them into the same like, show, but it was like way more cur- commercially successful than either of those shows. Yeah, it's it's like a wider appeal. Mm-hmm. It was like the Postal Service was good, and then that <laughs> band Owl City came out, and it was oh. like, oh, it sounds like the Postal Service if they were terrible. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Owl City is really really popular now because people <laughs> love terrible things. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um so. Another thing I noticed about the editing, there's just really great tension while we're waiting for Michael and Dwight to make a difference in Mm -hmm. like getting the branch to not close. Just a really good buildup of tension. And I think that does have to do something with the documentary because you're waiting with them. Yeah. Basically in the car while the Funyuns are there. Yeah. While it's getting dark, while they're doing the role playing. They're like a cop stakeout. Yeah. And there's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, in that same plot, they're trying to confront David Wallace, but it's kind of like they think the fact that there's cameras there is going to help. Exactly. But it's so meta because they're talking about a documentary. They're talking about Michael Moore while they're doing it. So <laughs> so it's like... They're using the cameras to their advantage. Yeah, but in like kind of a dumb way, because you're like, yeah. imagine if Michael Moore was like going up to talk to the CEO of some company, but then while they're going up, he'd be like, this is going to be just like in another movie when <laughs> another person did that and I'm going to do it now. Oh, here he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. What a stupid thing to be talking about. You should be talking about the thing you actually care about, not referencing pop culture. And like to do the role playing of it, to yeah. like act it out is <laughs> we- like not. And then he... After they acted out, he's like, no, that's not actually how it'll happen. And Michael Moore gets accused of that, like, kind of like, like planning uh, out what's going to yeah. happen, you know, or like, it's kind of like a stunt thing. Yeah. I feel like that's so played out. Like, in his last movie, the part where he goes and does a stunt like that, he's like going to make a citizen's arrest. I'm like, okay, yeah. come on, enough, yeah, we like, got it. Let's go to the, ni- let's go to the, like, yeah. Let's take a break from doing this real thing to do this made up nonsense. <laughs> It's not going to do anything. And we I all am know putting it. you under arrest. And the guy's just like, what? Yeah, he's just like, could you leave? <laughs> you polluted. You are a bad person. <laughs> these are these are employees, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, we never really get a lot of Jan's facial expressions straight to the camera. Mm-hmm. And there's a really good one when she's telling Michael that the branch is closing. And then his little teeth... Um, chattering toy starts playing and she looks at the camera like um are you seeing this you know like oh i'm so glad i'm done with this yeah he's like this is the last time i'm ever gonna have to sit in this room with michael scott just kidding (laughs) (laughs) sake well and we were saying before that there are more cameras i do feel like this is starting to move into the area where it's not as realistic in the documentary way sometimes because when Michael and Dwight are talking uh, about not taking the call from the office. It's doing the documentary thing where it's whipping the camera back and forth, mm-hmm. but then it also keeps cutting to coverage shots. Right. And it's like, if you were really a professional show, you would be doing something, you'd have coverage, and then you would have a camera that's moving back and forth, but you're not seeing it 
Right. You know, like you would cut to it when it was at the next person, just like how you do like on a reality show or something. Right. You don't see the camera move over. But it's like they still want it to have that look like there's only one camera guy there, so they have to keep moving back and forth. But then it's intercut with another camera that's obviously getting the whole thing. So it's yeah. it's like a hybrid. Like they want to have all the footage, but they're still doing some of the aesthetic things of a one-person documentary crew. Yeah, it's... I feel like it is purely aesthetic in some instances, and then they definitely use it to their advantage for tension and for jokes, but for the most part, I think it's pretty authentic. Well, and like you were talking about, when they're in the car, kind of doing the stakeout thing, there's a camera guy in front of the car just filming them. So why are they hiding? Yeah, and then is the other guy in the back? Do they switch off? Like they, it's cold, you know. Like yeah, <laughs> it just it just raises questions like that. Yeah, if you think about it too much, which probably we shouldn't. But, yeah, but let's do it anyway. Exactly, and I'm excited to see how it changes and evolves as the show goes on because you know that it is going to get a lot more commercialized in the way that, or at least mm-hmm. just more high um, production value. And so, well, it'll be interesting to see how the documentary style like evolves with that or not right um there's one last thing that i noticed for this category and it is when dwight doesn't let the cameras come into michael's office with um toby yep and then dwight looks at it yeah and he's they can't you don't get to see what happens for that scene yeah which is kind (laughs) of like they could have just filmed through the blinds they're already mic'd up yeah we've seen that tons of times but yeah like, it was just, it's a reference to yeah. the camera, so we had to include that one for sure. Yeah. And just Dwight doing that is pretty funny because he's like, thinks he's like a bodyguard or something. Yeah, yeah. He just assumes Shakes that Shakes his position. head like, yeah. no, you don't want to see what's going no. on in there. And it's like, <laughs> what what does happen in there? He's probably like, Toby, she told you before? <sighs> well, you're fired. Oh, I guess we're all fired. <laughs> <laughs> that was more for a power move to ask you into my office. Just disregard that. Bye. You walk so slow. Yeah. Okay. Well, what were we talking about before we went into the... We were talking about crack open a cold open, but we were also talking about the gym prank, which I had under three categories, which was the YouTube, the documentary style, um, crack open a cold open, and also finer things. So let's do finer things. Finer things. Awesome. What did you like? What did you find fine? I have so many for this episode, but let's start with... You can only have five. I'm kidding. Fiverr things. Fiverr things. The first one I have is Michael's speech about, which we have a segment for, which we're not at yet, but the uh, there's no Stanley tree. Do you think the world is crawling with Phyllis's? And how when when he's saying that, they're cutting to Kevin tossing a football Creed eating snacks, maybe mung beans. Probably. Uh, Stanley doing a crossword and, and Phyllis, Phyllis knitting. Yeah. They're none of them are working. Nope. <laughs> They're not ripe for the plucking. And then following that, Michael's face, it's so intense. He like does he's like clenching his jaw and kind of moving it. It's it's so intense when he says, Show me that part. <laughs> like <laughs> it is so intense. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's really good. I wonder if that was um, scripted or improvised. I bet that was a character or an acting choice by Steve Crow. The yeah, yeah, right for the plucking. <laughs> Show me that part. <laughs> yeah, I just really love that 
the entire thing about that scene, the way it's cut, everything included, and obviously the lines, which we took for our very own. Yeah, I was going to say we love it so much, we stole it. <laughs> let's go into it. No, let's not. Um, I also liked a hearty bowl of Jen before he knows that the branch is closing down. Um, oh, I yeah. do like that. There's always this uh, thing. Sometimes people play it cool when they have something serious to talk to you about. Yeah. And then if you're a persistent goofball like me, you probably say something stupid before they tell you that it's a serious conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. where Michael's is right now. And I don't feel like that's always fair, especially on the phone, you know? Yeah. I feel like, well, you know. Oh, hey, hey, how's your day? Actually, I have some terrible news. And you're like, oh, oops. Uh, okay. Yeah, oops. Sorry about the... Totally just misread that. <laughs> Sorry. Probably not to that extent, because I never say hearty bowl of anyone. <laughs> well, it's kind of, you know, all those things Michael is always doing. The He just takes people's names and tries to make the worst joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, Christmas Carol... The Pam Pam. The Cosby yeah, Pam all the time. The Cosby impression came from that. Oh I don't yeah. remember that person's name, but uh you know. Are yeah. you a a hologram? Hologram, you yeah. Know? Yeah. That's like his move. Yeah. Is making little nicknames. Not his romantic move, like just his <laughs> business. Not date Mike move. <laughs> yeah. Just the business Mike move. Nice to meet me. <laughs> yeah. What else you got for finer things club? Only one more thing, so you go. Okay. Well, the way that Michael talks audibly under his breath. Yeah. Like, okay, we're all going to be gone in two weeks anyway. <laughs> and, then, and then Pam's like, what? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> were there any messages? You just said we're all going to be gone in two weeks. <laughs> I love that Pam just calls him out on his all the time. And she just like said, also, he was like, yeah, well, I can't tell you. What can you not tell me? <laughs> you know, like... If there if it was any other supervisor, she probably would not say that. She's so good, even like, you know, Diwali, the I'm rejecting your kiss. Like she yeah. doesn't ever shy away from This is the new Pam. Yeah, weird. We have noticed that she's changed a little bit. Old Pammy's getting what she wants. Yeah. And don't call me Pammy. When did she become new Pam? Um she, I mean, it's when like she with Beach breaks Day. up with Roy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So she becomes new Pam several times. I believe. Then she so. becomes a painter, and then kind of not. And then she paints a mural, so. And then she makes a really nice commercial. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing I have for finer things is just the role playing with Dwight to um, practice when he's going to do the confrontation, which we already kind of talked about. But I love when Dwight says, dum da dum da dum da coming home from work. And then <laughs> <laughs> Michael says, um, sir, and... The first time Dwight is like has everything that he. You what know, is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this? <laughs> and then, look, Scott, we had to shut down. It's dollars and cents. You know, yeah. we had to shut down the bridge. Okay, he's not going to say that. Like touches his shoulder. Yeah, he touches his shoulder, and then Michael has him redo it a little more scared. Yeah, and don't touch me this time. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, dum 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 dum, coming home from work, and Michael's like, excuse me, sir, and he's like, ah. <laughs> Ah, I, I I love that he's like he wouldn't say any of that, and Dwight's like, why not? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> Dwight is taking it so seriously; it's awesome. And I love how Dwight is so close to being condescending to Michael, like when he became the boss. And this one is like, look, Scott, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like Dwight is on the verge. Everything he said says it could be 
taken as condescending, but it's just so genuine. And it's so true. Yeah. And then when he, when he, it's like even all acceptable when he's like doing that. It's not a business, you know, like maybe you could do that. But then when he goes, listen, the whole idea of, of and he starts like breaking down the whole yeah. reason why the business is failing. Like, it's so like, good. It's like, you know that in the back of his mind, Dwight knows that this is all like, I mean, but he's got his beef farm, so. He knows all that stuff he knows the the yeah the people are taking over he knows that the internet like i don't know he said the internet fad but he he knows more than he lets on and, yeah and you know he knows michael's car sucks and ridiculous for yeah. this climate yeah it's just <laughs> like it is it's just one second snow. away from like saying it yeah i love that too i just have uh two more which was back to michael when he says the they're taking away my house and they're giving the the garage to bob vance the face he makes at the end of that where he's staring at the camera and then he just looks off to the side like he's so upset <laughs> he can't even look at the camera anymore <laughs> i love that face <laughs> there's a lot of emotion out of michael scott this episode steve Carell does a great job this one yeah he really does and when dwight's going through the trash uh i i put it this out we're watching it, but there's a golden retriever just in yeah. the yard being totally chill I, but it's it's so bizarre to me. Like, they obviously weren't like, hey, we need to have a dog on this set. It was just there. Yeah. So it's like they literally are just filming in front of a big house. And they're like, can you film in front of this house? And they were like, sure. And they're like, my, my dog's going to be in the back. And they're like, does it bark? And they were like, no. And they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's they true. didn't even have access to the whole house, obviously. Yeah. Or they would have said, hey, let's put the dog on the other side of the yard <laughs> or inside, you know? Um, I just like to think that there's always a golden retriever just watching over so Mm -hmm. i kind of like the notion that maybe it is part of the camera crew or something you know just like hanging out yeah sure and we get to see glimpses of it every now and then (laughs) they cut around him most of the time (laughs) because he's just so chill like they can't like move him or anything he's just hanging out it's just like (laughs) meredith going back to college we never (laughs) see it in the documentary though um and the last one is michael wiping off the sports drink it's just the way Dwight hands it to him where he's like, he takes one of those like big chugs and he's like, here, replenish your fluids and like looks over all cool. And so he doesn't see that Michael just takes it all meekly and starts <laughs> using his tie to wipe around the mouthpiece. He's like, doesn't want any germs from Dwight. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. I didn't notice the tie thing. That's really funny. Um. Okay. All right, so our next segment is called Kevin's Chilies, and this was a listener-voted um, segment for the name. Well, it was supposed to be Kevin's Chili, but we changed it to Kevin's Chilies because we like chilies. Yeah, and we're there right now. Yeah, and <laughs> we're just having an El Presidente. Ooh, margaritas. <laughs> um, and I need to order another one, but for now, let's just talk about what the pop culture references were. There's quite a few. Um, so the Claire Danes version of Romeo and Juliet. Yep. That Kelly. Um, well, it's really Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> it's Romeo two guns Juliet. Yeah, and I don't know why she wouldn't say the Leo version instead of the Claire Danes version, but I do love Claire Danes. Sure. So that what was is the she in? Uh, Homeland. Princess, Princess Diary. No, that's Anne Hathaway. Um, Homeland, Weird. and she was in. Um, a movie, uh, a show. I don't know. Anyway, it's a, like a high school show. <laughs> well, anyway, Claire Danes, that's a person. <laughs> Bowling for Columbine. 
Michael and, and Moore. And Kingpin. Kingpin and never seen it. Oh, it's uh, not that good. It it's- reminds me of when Dwight goes in to see... Um, what does he... He sees a movie about bears or something and he oh, keeps thinking he's going to jump out. Grizzly Man? Grizzly Man. Oh, yeah. he goes to see some movie accidentally, right? Yeah. he thinks it was Grizzly Man. Yeah. But yeah, Michael Scott thought that Bowling for Columbine was about bowling. It is kind of a bad name for a movie. Yeah. But obviously it's hilarious that she says the Claire Danes one because she's going to kill herself. So but, it doesn't matter what pop culture reference you're making. But not not like the play. Yeah. Like like a movie. Yeah. More like <laughs> the cool version. Yeah, exactly. Not like the Shakespeare version. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Isn't it weird how it's they're really all weird, talking? Yeah. They're talking like the real play. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And then like their their guns are all called swords. Yeah. It's really weird. I didn't watch the whole movie, but I wasn't. I wasn't as impressed with it as some people. Yeah, Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, no. I was never a big fan. There's a reference to a song. My Humps. Oh. Michael's ringtone. That's right. Uh, Just Call Me Levinson in the Morning Baby is actually a reference to... I can't believe this is her name, but it's Juice Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a meme. Like, that doesn't <laughs> sound right. Mean. But anyway, it's called Angel of the Morning. And the lyric is, just call me Angel in the Morning, Angel. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just call me Levinson in the Morning. I always thought it was Baby, too. Angel. Yeah. But, it sounds like another song. Yeah. You're my darling, you're my darling, baby. Oh, so that's like a more recent. That was like a yeah. 90s song, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Audio song. Okay, because the one I looked up was like from a television show in the 1970s. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, they must have. I mean, it's like the it same melody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very similar lyrics, too. Except, of course, she doesn't say Levinson. <laughs> and you know what? Levinson is not comparable to Angel in not any sort all. of phonetic or. I don't know how he got there, way. but yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's not as good as. Uh, Hardy yeah. Bowl of Jen. Or Jen Levinson, I presume. <laughs> yeah, I like that yeah, that's, more. That makes a lot more sense. Jen Levinson, I presume. Um, the only other reference I have is to Funyuns. Funyuns on the dash there? And Gatorade. Right, but it might actually be Blue Blast Power Drink or something. <laughs> or it might be G2. Oh. I don't know. That's my favorite. Uh, there's also a reference, I guess, to four restaurants... Oh, Poor Richards, DJs, DJs, Coopers, Cogino's. Is it Coopers? And then Hooters. Oh, okay. Yeah. The family restaurant. Yeah. Um, So those are some Scranton places. Which I hope to visit someday. Hooters? No. Cogino's? Scranton? No seafood. (laughs) (laughs) Scranton? Question. Yes. What do you think... Oh, I have three questions. The first one is, what do you think the ratio of sad to happy people is about the office closing? Oh, I don't know. Let's let's keep a tally when we're doing our characters. Okay. Because that's, that's a good one. Okay, cool. I have a question too. Okay, go for it. When Jim says, say what you will about Michael Scott, but he would never do that. 
Would Michael never do that? Michael's not a very loyal guy. Michael Scott Paper Company. Right. Three words. And then, you know, Dwight is also super loyal, but he'll go wherever they value loyalty the most. <laughs> so I just don't feel like Michael would have. I, I'm trying to think of the reference, but Michael does something at some point that makes me feel like he probably would have taken this. A Michael Scott Paper Company. Michael Scott Paper Company. But I think he also it's oh, yeah, he was going to go to corporate and let the branch close at one point. Oh, do you remember that? No. Is it later on? uh like later later on oh maybe i'm thinking of the original office oh because david brent does that well i mean i don't know i don't know if um michael would do anything like that but i think it's because not because he's not loyal but because he's not smart enough to leverage like another opportunity yeah i think that's true yeah but josh is the worst i have another question though okay do you have another one yeah i mean you have three what is Creed doing with the photos that he's taking of Stanley? No, he's taking the photos of the equipment. That's he selling the computers oh, and stuff. Oh, I did. I was like, why is he taking a picture of Stanley? That's so weird. I can Stanley was that like one. Stanley. Yeah, that was a good answer. <laughs> Pretty rare. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, Stanley was like, oh, for the memories. Yeah. So like, I thought he was saying, yeah, yeah, for the memories. Okay. Because cool. that's what, he makes like twelve hundred bucks. Cool. Okay. Question. They say that David Wallace isn't at the office but when he's not at home why do they expect him to come home all day he's probably on vacation or something yeah probably got the hell out of there because yeah he, he knows... knew that there were gonna be a michael morris knocking down his door yeah what if the family came home before david wallace it was like <laughs> you know wife bringing home the kids or something i mean dwight does get to meet the wife later on and... yeah <laughs> and inspect this house yeah pretty sure this isn't the same house though We'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have access to the backyard of this one. But this one doesn't seem like the same one that would have a... Uh, Basketball hoop? Yeah. Or d- did it have that chimney? I don't know. It looked kind of like the White House. Yeah, it looked really nice. Yeah. My last question is, what do you think is on Dwight's Christmas card? Picture of him and Moe's? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Yeah. Or he probably has like a seasonal um, beet farm kind of you know yeah vintage looking like well vintage maybe just truly vintage that's a great transition to talking about characters with do you think the world is crawling with phyllis's show me that farm show me that farm show me that farm yeah dwight that's such a fascinating tidbit to get that he sends christmas cards to people he doesn't know so we can have a conversation starter yeah i don't think that conversation would go super great but it kind of is like when Michael makes the Christmas card of him and um, Carol and her family. Maybe that's where he got the idea. Yeah, probably. They probably sent one to David Wallace. <laughs> yeah. So he already has people's home addresses. I don't know. Probably in got that. In his flip phone. Yeah? Just in it. In his flip phone. Address book. Yeah, that's true. He's got the old... I mean, flip phones were the norm back then. There was oh, yeah. iPhones didn't come out for a while. 2008 yeah. or nine. The Obama era. Yeah, I think it was 2009. Not that long ago. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think that uh, his, his like, weird perspective on socialization is kind of interesting. Yeah. And, obviously, he's there to back up Michael in this one. Wants to drive, but it's not allowed to. Shotgun, though. Yeah. Yeah, Dwight... I like when he, um, he really is just a supporting character 
to Michael this whole time. Mm-hmm. I love when he describes the title of Michael's book as something weird is going on, colon, what did Jan say? <laughs> A forward by Dwight. <laughs> yeah. Michael Scott with Dwight Shrew. Yeah, I I love that because it's him. He, he starts that by saying, when you know someone, you can read them like a book. But all he has is something weird is going on. Like, he doesn't have anything else. So in the title of the book is a question. <laughs> because he can't write the book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. Do you have anything else about Dwight? Uh, just him going through the trash is pretty, uh, you know. I feel like that would have been a deleted scene. Yeah. Because it was kind of out of place a little bit that's true because what's michael doing yeah yeah it's like but it's like the same thing of him like elevating stuff you know yeah when he's doing the drug inspections and stuff like that he's he always assumes drugs yeah you and think, that's when we get to see the golden retriever he won't take the simplest explanation yeah, yeah. no he won't was he enjoying a delicious hot beverage or was he hiding cocaine <laughs> from drug sniffing dogs it's like you don't throw away cocaine, Dwight. And also, like, if you um, have a cable bill, you're automatically rich, but the house doesn't show you anything that they're rich. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, that's like the same thing where he learns things that are even more apparent if you hadn't tried to learn them. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> or he tries to do all those ways of telling people can lie, uh, all the ways of telling when people are lying, but he has no common sense. To yeah. Just, to just tell it or actually use those skills. So he's just basically going through the trash. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, we have poor Roy. Oh, yeah. Poor Roy. He's loading trucks without meaning yeah. if Pam leaves. I, I'm not worried. He's very strong and capable. <laughs> and then Kevin just giggling. <laughs> yeah. He's so desperate in this one, Roy. He's talking to Pam. Oh, oh you should totally do art he school. doesn't even know about art school and yeah. he makes it sound like when she says that she's doing it it's like oh that's great but it's there's a tone of like jealousy where he's like oh she's moved on to art school instead of me he already uh, he had his opportunity yeah and he told her not to do the art program at yeah. corporate yeah oh yeah so he had the chance he like already had the chance to do this and now he's like oh yeah that would be cool if you could go to art school yeah but i think this is the first time we find out that pam is actually going to art school yeah 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 because she uh oh never mind that hasn't happened yet (laughs) i know the job fair job fair hasn't happened yet yeah we did do an episode about the job fair but that was our first episode ever (gasps) oh that's why i'm getting confused that was our our throwaway episode but isn't that weird that she's already in art school even though it sounds like she's trying to learn about art school later in, in job fair. Like yeah. she's not like in an institute right now, but she's already in art school, she said, right? But she might be just taking like a class. Yeah, but feel like you would learn some of the basic information about yeah, like programs or like design. where you're going while you're doing that. Well, she might be doing art school and not like graphic design because she was more interested in graphic design oh. at that point. Maybe she's just taking it at the local middle school. <laughs> maybe her art is still up maybe her art is the best art of all the arts <laughs> you think maybe hey i want to talk about somebody pam sure <laughs> okay 
When she gives her speech about the blessing not even being in disguise, she's going to be able to oh, yeah. leave. You kind of sad. It is sad because she's like, well, that would be good. I won't have to do this job anymore. And then they're like, you can keep doing that job. She's like, all right. And, well, but it's because Jim is coming back. That's true. And she tries to play it off so cool. Yeah. Like Ryan, it's going to be so weird. And she's like, oh, I haven't even thought about it. And then she's like, yeah. oh, no, he knows. And then she's yep. like, oh, yeah, that would be weird. Ryan doesn't care yeah <laughs> he's so self-absorbed yeah he really is yeah but you know she did talk about her fantasy of giving someone a slap and making a big speech yeah now she still has that opportunity she gives a big speech later but i don't think she slaps she does hit michael once that's right she, oh man all of her dreams come true yeah and she ends Woo-hoo. up with jim oh yeah that one too <laughs> um but the only reason she could have to stay is like she won't have to find a new job because that would have been a pain such a pain yeah it's and like, it's okay it is kind of uncomfortable to have like Roy be like, oh man, she's still going to be here. I can keep trying so hard. Coming up and getting sodas. Yep. And then she's really hearing that Jim's coming back or yeah, whatever. You know, Jim asks too, like who would come and they try to make it like the same thing. Like he's wondering that. And I guess that could be possible that he is wondering whether or not Pam would come. I feel like he would genuinely be interested because he knows all of them. Yeah. Who is coming. But also, I don't think they're bringing the receptionist. They're going to transfer the receptionist. I'm sorry. Like, it'll be someone that has clients. I don't even think, you know, like accounting would go. But they're like, is it going to be sales or whatever? And Josh doesn't want to talk about it. But yeah, it'd probably be sales. Maybe maybe like HR if they needed someone. But I don't think they would bring someone like, or maybe customer service because they'll have twice as many or something like that, you know. Yeah, but you're right. That doesn't really make sense for um them to bring pam and he should know that but yeah but i just want to make it seem like he's interested too yeah but his like tone is like he's kind of asking about that like i think you're supposed to read as the audience but he should be more interested in general i think yeah but i guess they're just so focused on each other yeah although jim goes a different way with that we'll talk about that later or now or now sure (laughs) so yeah no jim uh has quite the emotional roller coaster on this episode yeah they all do but jim for sure um it's like when you go to your high school reunion and you say oh my god i miss you guys so much and they're like don't worry we're gonna move with in with you forever which is a really good way of describing that because that would be kind of what it would be like yeah the dynamics are so different between the offices mm-hmm. it would be so hard to be like the buffer yeah now he has his new best friends, Andy and Karen. <laughs> yeah, right. Karen, he can tell that Karen likes him. And that's why he says at the end, that would be kind of cool if you came to Scranton. It's so clear that he's inviting Karen as like a defense mechanism. He's like, well, if I have to go back where Pam is, I better bring my... This hot coworker. <laughs> yeah, that way I can be like, I don't need you, Pam. Look, at I got this girlfriend yeah we're having sex probably like, tonight <laughs> he he wasn't even like worried about it before or like mm-hmm. interested that's true i wonder if how bored he would have had to have gotten yeah but this is totally an artificial escalation of that relationship because he's like we better be like a serious couple by the time i see pam again which is not that far off yeah i i well, feel bad for karen is this christmas break after this episode like is it supposed to be a little bit longer i don't know because i was thinking wow the timeline here is so crazy because they're already packed up or they're packing up yeah by the end uh yeah i don't know i guess we'll have to poor karen 
we'll look at that next time. But yeah, Karen gives her cute smile, the one where she's like, I really I'm like him. Interested. Yeah. So there. So, so there's that. So bittersweet, though, because we know what's going on. But when Karen does that, you're like, oh, Karen. I know. And you're like, oh, maybe she is pretty cool. She's cool. She just deserves better than Jim. To, yeah. Or so. Yeah, yeah. Pr- pretty much. Roy. Yeah, or that guy that <laughs> knocks her up right away later. Oh, yeah. Dressed like a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, the only visual we ever get of him. When's she going to meet her hot dog man? <laughs> exactly. Um, Who else do we have? Well, well, and, and then Jim does become the number two for the, the whole office, so that'll come up later. Yeah. He does say that Karen should move to New York City at first, too. It's only 45 minutes away. I didn't know that. Yeah, from Stanford. Yeah. It's not that far from Scranton either. Yeah. Yeah. But but traffic, you know. Yeah. But Jan makes that drive like twice. twice and yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she has enough time. She said 400 miles. Yeah. That's a lot. She drives to from New York to Scranton to Stanford to, back Scranton. to Scranton. And then she, that's probably how much she had driven. Yeah. Maybe she went to New York in between to talk to I don't know, maybe she did it all on the Corporate, phone. Corporate, yeah. Talked to David Wallace, who's apparently not there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of foreshadowing of when later on Michael can't get in touch with David Wallace. <laughs> has to He's go through... Uh, the school. Uh, Charles Minor. Oh, Charles Minor. And the, and pretend to be the daughter at the school. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. What's up, honey? It's daddy. <laughs> it's me, Michael Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about Jan. A hearty bowl of Jen. How many times can I say that in one episode? I don't know. How many <laughs> have you said it so far? Like four. Um, I'm going to say seven. <laughs> okay. So Jan, you know, in this episode, she hurts Michael like he hurt her. Oh, that's one of my favorite lines of the whole episode. Don't hurt me like I hurt you. <laughs> now, what I want to say about Jan is she is so on top of it this whole episode. And especially the moment that I think of is when... Josh says he took the job at Staples and she's like, oh, we bait this. Yeah, we base this around you. But then she'll let me make some calls. She's like, doesn't she's like gets that it's all business. Yeah. She's like disappointed clearly and probably, you know, because she made a plan and now yeah. it's been ruined, but she doesn't get uh, overly emotional or anything. She just like takes care of business and then goes back to Scranton right away. So she's like doing such a good job of keeping this unpleasant. Thing, which is closing down a branch and the way she talks to michael at the beginning is like very she's like ignoring all yeah. the stuff he's saying kind of like all right here's what we're doing and now like it's gotten you're getting emotional so i'm gonna leave she already told hr and stuff so like uh she's in this episode a lot but not in the way she has been in some of the yeah. other episodes where she's being overly mean or petty or needy this one she's just like doing her job she's doing a really good job yeah, and I think she would, like probably would be more mad at Michael, except she's like, well, this is the last time I have to talk to him. I guess I'll let... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I really... No decisions have been made, but you're a severance person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. And then she says, sorry, Jim, but also, do you want this job? And then she automatically assumes that it was Michael that he doesn't want to go back there for. And, right. Um, Projecting. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she did a great job. great job great job jan she's dealing with josh who is supposed to play a very important role in our company's future king of the stupid universe yeah (laughs) 
Josh is a good, I feel like he's a good businessman too, though. Yeah. I mean, he's the worst as a human, but. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Josh should be working at a place better than Dender Mifflin. Like Staples. Yeah. Someplace <laughs> great like Staples. You know, I've been reading a lot of books about corporate politics, mm-hmm. like The War for Late Night about the late night oh, kerfuffle. Yeah. And I just uh, read one called Disney War about like, oh, Disney all through the 90s. They just had a big buyout too. Yeah, they bought Fox. But then the whole thing is like, these corporate people, it's so crazy. They'll be like, oh, you're the creative president of television or movies or whatever like that. But after like six years, that person's like has to get Jeffrey Katzenberg, like has to become the president of the entire company or like promise to become the CEO or they'll leave. Because once you've gotten up that high, another company will want to take you. Oh. And I feel like another company that's taking you will always pay more than the company that you rose up through the ranks oh, with. Oh, I see. And yeah. like, yeah. It's weird I mean, to me because like you're like this entire company with like, you know, thousands of people working, you know, like like Disney. Only one person. Yeah, you're like the third from the top and you're like, I need to be second from the top immediately. Yeah. And it's like like some perspective, but I think you just lose perspective when you've been up that high. Yeah. And I feel like even the regional manager were like, you can't go that much higher at Dunra Mifflin, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're going to be over two branches now? Like, Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do in the nonprofit world is climb the ladder of success. Yeah. Soon so I you can make be... the most nonprofits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nonprofits. <laughs> uh, you're non-profiting from this business. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, who else do we have? Oh, my God. Andy is so annoying in this episode. Yeah, and he his anger issues really come out. Mm-hmm. And it's and really his worship creepy. of Josh. Of Josh, yeah. yeah. It's super creepy how he can just go from throwing napkins around and mm-hmm. like being so mad to like Oh, hey, Josh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing that he is that mad, but I get it. What, are you going to keep being mad? Yeah. To to Josh's face. But because he was like our fearless leader and he was feeling all that, uh, whatever the corporate version of patriotism was for no yeah. reason, that now he's... Now he looks like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, and Josh knew the whole time. He was like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, poor Josh. He's like... You see uh, it on his face. Because like, even when Jim asks... You know, who's going to move, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it's it. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and Jim's kind of like, well, oh, really? <laughs> like, okay. Okay, because we won't <laughs> worry about who's going to work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most important things. Yeah. Um, We also have Meredith trying to solicit sex. Right. It's such a big plot that's just uh, all about something pretty minor. And each interaction just ends up with her being more and more degraded because she has to keep telling people. She doesn't seem to care. She's so horny. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> She's leaving work early to meet this guy from the warehouse at her house in 20 minutes. He obviously knows where she lives already. Yeah. And she's like, can you be in my house in 20 minutes? And he's like, yes, I can. It's like, you guys should just hook up all the time. Yeah, why do you have to wait till the last day of work? Yeah. Plus, he doesn't even work there anymore. So he it's not like it's a conflict of interest he's gonna be so mad after they finish and then he finds out the branch isn't closed (laughs) why did you why did you lie to me false pretenses (laughs) but he's so excited you know yeah he's been calling me he's like all right i guess he's been calling every day 
to just see if the branch is closed down yet. It's so nice, though, that he's so excited because everyone else is, oh, God. Yeah. Or or more tactful version of that and Toby's. Well, Toby, like, you'd think that Toby would do something because there's a lot of sketchy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And he, I know that the branch is closing, but, like, someone comes up to you to solicit sex at work, like, mm-hmm. blatantly. And you're the HR rep. Don't you think you should do something about it? Have sex? <laughs> no, he says, <laughs> it's, she says, have you ever, she's so you oh, know, sneaky. Like, have okay. you ever heard of any deals? Yeah, sexual nature. It's like, you know, that won't hold up in court. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not she's like, a little slyer. She didn't More offer slyer. him any uh, Outback Steakhouse coupons. Though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Probably would have sweetened the deal. But anyway, Toby doesn't care because he's moving to Costa Rica. He walks all slowly, and that's what he does. I wonder how he would be at surfing. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, he'll find out in the future. (laughs) We didn't keep track of who was happy and who was sad. Oh, my God. Pretty much everyone's sad. No, everyone's happy. Everyone's happy except for Roy. Is that it? Yeah. And Kelly. Kelly's threatening to kill herself. (laughs) I think... Let me check my emotion chart. Yes, that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly and Roy are the only sad ones, and it's because of unrequited love. Yeah, not because of the job. So really, no one's really sad about Dunder Mifflin closing down. Yeah. It's more about the relationships. But look what unrequited love does to you. You know who's a mixed bag is Ryan, because they go to two separate cuts from him. And one of them is being, I just got my business cards. Typical, you know. And then the other one is... This kind of worked out perfect for me. <laughs> so it's like, maybe that first scene should have been given to someone else. Yeah. Well, and like, um, when, so when, oh, when Kelly comes back and says, oh, we're not closing. This is the best day ever. He said, oh, I can't really describe it. Yeah. Which I don't know what that means that what he's fine with it or. I don't either. So I wanted to read that part of the description again. Um or not the description, but the deleted parts they added in for the producer's cut. Okay. It says Ryan admitted, well, out of context, but Ryan admitting that Kelly has a strange power over him. I guess that's what he's admitting by saying, I can't really explain it, but I don't don't know what the question was that the interviewer asked. Right. That's a good point. I just, I don't know if that's what it is. Because if she had a strange power over him, he wouldn't be like, well, goodbye. I feel like it's more like, I don't know, he just doesn't know what else he's going to do. It's like lack of confidence or something. I don't think it's a strange power, though. Lack of care? Or he's just apathetic? I mean, he's back at Dunder Mifflin. Nothing matters. Yeah. I I agree. I don't think that it's really necessarily... I mean, she does have a strange power over him, but I don't think he's admitting that. Yeah, and so sad for Kelly. I know. That someone who's like, well... If we'd kept working here, maybe we could have kept dating, even though you like are in love and stuff, according to you. And then, according to you, and then she says, like the branch doesn't close down, so she's like, "Oh, we have, to, we can still be in a relationship." And then he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Don't you think Kelly could get a better person? Yeah, totally. Actually, I've been rewatching the Mindy Project, and <laughs> uh, such a interesting take on feminism mindy kaling has <laughs> yeah she dates that guy from what's what's his name in the show uh the mindy project yeah 
What? Okay, what is the interesting take on feminism? Well, it's like the feminism is like a woman works and makes her own choices, but is also like extremely obsessed with boys and like basically trying to live out a romantic comedy. Yeah, I think it's like maybe a commentary on um, pop culture's influence on people's decisions Mm -hmm. because Kelly's the same way. She's just so overtaken like every single thing that comes out of her mouth is from either romantic comedy or like you know a movie or where these people are living out these fantasies so yeah but in 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 the office it's more of a you know a satirical version of it in the office her character is stupid oh yeah (laughs) but on the mini project she's smart she still wants those things but also like there's characters that are extremely sexist and like inappropriate in the workplace on the mini project, but the show doesn't seem to really care that much. Like the show's like, yeah, they're good at their job. Like it's okay if they're like, like miming yeah. honking women's breasts all the time and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you can. I mean, you're you're good at your job, so it's fine. And like, you know, what I mean, it's different from like The Office, where it's like people act like that, but for the most part, the show is clearly not okay with it yeah the mini project it seems like the show kind of is okay oh interesting i think that makes a big difference yeah yeah that's kind of an aside though (laughs) that's okay that we do that here at the office sometimes (laughs) yeah or all the time we we get paid for that still yeah we're climbing the corporate ladder of success here are we done with all the characters though yeah we are so what was the ratio seven to one yeah only two people were we're really sad. Oh, Andy's sad. Wait, but that's different. That's a different problem. Yeah, I, that was after the situation changed. Yeah, exactly. So about the Scranton branch closing, only two people. Oh, Michael. Yeah. What's so funny is... Michael, like, Kelly. Who else? Who's sad? Yeah. Roy. But you're saying, like, at, at the Stanford branch, when they're like, who's closing? And they're like, well, I guess who's going to move over? And it's like... Clearly, the documentary, if you wanted to give a reason, the documentary was edited later. But it's like, well, who should get transferred over? I mean, I guess just the only people we've seen. Yeah, All the people in the background. Maybe like a couple of them could come over for an episode or two, but then we'll basically just be us. We'll get the breastfeeding girl and the chubby guy (laughs) as well, just for comedic relief. Okay, cool. Everybody else can be fired. (laughs) But again, it's not funny because he's chubby to use your word but because of how michael (laughs) acts but we'll see we'll see yeah oh and um this will be an interesting crack open a cold open oh you mean second drink oh that's right this will be an interesting second drink i know because i'm on day eight of no alcohol good job yeah i'm i'm going for 30 so what are you drinking uh the soleil um it is from a store. It's the store brand. It's the store name LaCroix. brand of LaCroix. It's the blood orange flavor and it's really delicious. Yeah. And I'm drinking basically the same thing, but it's hard seltzer. <laughs> Looks pretty good. Truly. I have to say. Truly delicious. Truly. It truly is. It's truly the brand. Truly. Um, Thank you for sponsoring. <laughs> but you know what? You said that White Claw is your favorite. I agree. This is this one you can kind of taste the alcohol. White Claw is just pure delicious. Oh, White Claw. Yeah, I like White Claw the best of all of them. The mermaid one is not that good. Okay. Truly is not bad, but I do think White Claw is a little better. In case as you're wondering. far as hard seltzers go. Yeah, if you want to. Which hard... is my fave. Yeah. I'm on a diet, so. 
I'm only <laughs> drinking eight of these. <laughs> <laughs> a day. Because, because they're only 100 calories each. So 800 calories, that's half your daily intake. And then all you have to do is have two spoons of peanut butter and then you're fine. I hear what you're saying. I could drink more of these and skip the peanut butter. Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Okay. Uh, let's um, do this segment. We haven't brought it out in a while, but not overly relevant. But you never expect you're the murderer. I guess Josh? Josh is the murderer. Jan is the murderer for yeah. the other... Well, okay, yeah, but she's she's Simple one... dollars and cents. She's... Listen, Addie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, try that again, but a little more scared. Ah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> um, she's bringing the bad news, so I guess she's not the murderer, but she's the... Messenger. Pigeon. Yeah. The messenger of the murder. messenger of murder. You know... You will be murdered. I am not the murderer, but you will be murdered. But I think we'd say Josh overall. Yeah, Josh for sure. But you know, Michael just, not just even business. Dwight not even. It's so interesting. The dynamic is Michael and Dwight fighting so hard to keep the branch open, even though no one cares. Yeah, and not succeeding, but but still that happens they did. anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they even had the awareness to realize they didn't do it. Yeah, they didn't. They thought they did it. Yeah. How did we do that? I don't know. <laughs> They've just been sitting outside the whole time. Eating Funyuns. Yeah. Okay. So let's do Dundee and rating. Okay. So for the Dundee. Oh, wait, I have a new thing. Okay. Not a new segment. New rule. So we have to agree on the rating. Mm-hmm. I think we have to choose different people for the Dundee. Oh, really? Because... Because we've been like agreeing a lot lately, and like yeah. it's just when I listen to the episode, it's just too much agreement all around. We want more conflict. No, it's just because also we can give two Dundies out. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, we're giving two Dundies with different names to the same person for exactly the same thing. Okay, that's a good idea. I Dundies agree. are about celebrating the best in every one of us, not just yeah, that's true. Only one of us. That's very true. Okay, but okay. I'll let you go first. Okay, so I'm gonna give my Dundee to Jan. Okay. Um, because you did <laughs> really is that what you're gonna do too no no i'll pick another one. Um, <laughs> she did a great job so it's the great job dundee yeah cart carrying corporate killer <laughs> yeah exactly the messenger that was an alliteration um i guess i'm gonna give the next i'll give the one uh it's conflicting but i guess i'm gonna give it to karen for admitting on camera that she likes jim cool and she stuck her neck out there to do it she agreed to move to a new city some backwards hillbilly town called scranton and like just for that so she's really like putting it all in on on uh, like cool on into she's into him so she's into yeah. i'm kind of into him i guess so there's that yeah and she's got that smile that you know, the lip gloss looks good oh yeah so, yeah, for, for Karen, for uh, following her your dream. Heart. Yeah, nice. Yeah, heart. Yeah, heart, not her dream. Yeah, her heart. Cool. You have like, given love a chance. That's good. Yeah. Okay. okay. I like that. And rating uh, on our scale of seven that goes from, this is the worst. Actually, it's just, this just stinks, but to seven, which is absolutely I do. Six is pretzel day. Five is beach day. Beach day. Four is Alfredo's Pizza Cafe. Three is a little stitious. And two is garbage the cat. Yeah. So we're going to say at the same time? 
Yeah, we're going to count. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What we're was gonna it? C- count down to one and then say it. Three, two, one. Say Absolutely, it. I do. Oh, man. <laughs> that sucks. I was clarifying. No, you can't clarifying. count down. No, that's why I said we'll count down to one instead of saying three, two, one, which was my problem last time. <laughs> well, it's yours. <laughs> oh, I just started some conflict. Yeah. On the off Yeah. No. Well, I, I didn't choose absolutely. I do. I'm choosing beach day. Oh, beach day. Not even pretzel day? No. We'll so, see pretzel day then. We're going to have to see pretzel day. In the yeah. Middle. Okay. Oh, okay. I really like this episode. Yeah. This is the highest rating I think you've given out. Have you ever done absolutely I do? Uh, yeah. I can't believe you said that. A couple right. times. But. Um, I'm sorry. But I'm perfectly fine with pretzel day as well because. Because. Okay. But. I think it's a great episode. It is a great episode all around. What, what kept you from doing Pretzel Day originally? Um, I don't know. Actually, I think Pretzel Day is probably better. Okay. Um, than Beach Day because usually I do Alfredo's Pizza Cafe, and unless I think it's really good, then I do yeah. five. So. And we're just getting. This is the end of disc one of season three. Oh no! And. I love season three. Season three is so good. I think every I episode might like it more than season two. Overall. I do so far. I do. It's the it's. I think that like season two is a little more gritty. Season four is a little bit more fun. Yeah. And season three is a really good mix of those two. Yeah, and there's so much happening. Yeah, and we're about to get the gang back together again. I know it's so exciting. Yeah, I guess one thing I really love about this episode is that even though they're still separated they're really separated because you can say they're, they're really st- cohesive they're all about the same thing yeah ultimately even yeah. though there's like little plots it's not like an arbitrary like and then these people are trying to figure out the uh what temperature the office should be <laughs> it's like every you know selling the stuff that creed's doing and figuring out who to have sex with for meredith they're all from the branch closing right so it's really cool that you know J- jim separate place is reacting to that michael and dwight are reacting to that and it's um you know in- instead of i feel like the last episode there's a lot of mirroring what's mm-hmm. happening like you know driving drunk people home or not even drunk people but just driving people home like you know karen mm-hmm. and jim were doing that michael and pam so there's always like this parallel but this is actually the same thing right so it's cool and this episode has so much going on that even though it's the extended version, there aren't as many of those times where they like really sit on moments, which I guess could be a good or bad thing. But I think it's cool that Jim makes a decision, but you like tell his thinking from the decision he made, not from like a really long scene where he's like talking oh, about it I or see. talking to the camera yeah. or like sitting pensively. Like it is a way cut, more fast back. pace. Yeah, they cut back and he's like you know what, you should take that job. And so you can like fill in the blanks. Yeah. Which I really like. I like that they don't uh, uh, have to spell all that out for you. Although yeah. I think like the episodes that have like, you know, more reflective moments are good too, but. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Three, two, one. Pretzel day. <laughs> pretzel day. We agreed. We did it. A hearty bowl of Jan. Is that a reference to Raisin Jan? Raisin Jan. (laughs) Oh, that's funny.
I didn't even think of that. Do you have another one? Please tell me you do. Another what? Another um, reference? Yeah. No, just like a, a pun. I'll, I'll think about How it. How about Toast and Jan? <laughs> oh, okay. I got it. Okay, go ahead. Jan Flakes. <laughs> Jan's Juice. <laughs> uh, That's not as good. Jan Muffin. <laughs> to help me stay regular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>